The market attempt is still in play, but it's under some serious pressure. When you zoom out, we have the potential to break out and soar to the upside. I mean, if you want to have massive life-changing wealth, you've got to be able to know to shift gears between offense and defense. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sean Vincent. I am the voice of Last Week in the Market. We'll be joined soon by Adam Sarhan. He's the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam is a Forbes contributor. He's the author of Psychological Analysis. He is the founder of FindLeadingStocks.com. It's a newsletter designed to help self-guided independent investors get the best out of the market. The newsletter follows Adam Sarhan's AMPD trading strategy. That's A-M-P-D. When Adam first showed me the newsletter several years ago, it was a little confusing to me. And I realized that you need to have a certain knowledge of the market, a certain vocabulary to make the best out of the information that Adam provides. I suggested to Adam that we start a podcast to talk about the key themes to make it easier for people who are new to the newsletter to take advantage of it. And that's what we've done with last week in the market. Thanks for joining us. We're going to get into it in a moment. But before we get to all of that, remember that in the market, the past does not predict the future. No results are typical and there is inherent risk when trading in the market. This podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice. It's the week of October 16th, 2023, and here's what happened last week in the market. We saw some heavy selling on Thursday and Friday, constituting what Adam calls distribution days. They threatened to end this nascent rally, but they didn't quite shut the window. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about trading windows, and Adam's going to explain why, despite some negative market conditions, he still has some optimism for this new rally attempt, but he's ready to switch from offense to defense. So I was looking at your your weekend report, and one thing that stuck out to me is the term uh, cautiously optimistic in a weak environment. Yes. And so we saw uh, everything's trading underneath their 50-day moving averages. Uh, I'm looking at like the Dow is kind of trading below its 200-day moving average. It looks like it's using the 200-day as resistance. It seems like the NASDAQ is flirting above its 50-day moving average, but it seems to be providing some resistance. Um, Tell us more about all those things. So, yeah, the cautious, by the way, great job uh, summarizing the stance. Cautiously optimistic is more or less a way of saying that I believe the market's going to rally. However, I'm very, very cognizant of the fact that sellers have are doing their best to regain control of the market. So the NASDAQ's actually below its 50. All of the indices are below their respective 50-day moving averages. And all the 50-day moving averages, for those listeners that aren't aware, it's a line in the sand that takes the last 50 days, divides the closing price by 50. And it, all things being equal, if the price of the market is above the 50, that's a bullish thing. And if the 50 is sloping higher, that's a bullish thing. It's bearish when this 50-day moving average is sloping lower and the price is below the 50. So that's super, super simplistic. There's other things that come into play. But all things being equal, you're not going to see the market double or triple or even go up 
10, 20%, 30% with it being below its 50 day moving average. It's just physically, mathematically not possible. So that's why people use the 50. The 200 day moving average, a longer term average. So when you break down the market, Sean, and you look at it, we had a follow through day on October 6th, which was not this past Friday, but the Friday before, or the first Friday in October, which confirmed the new rally attempt. Okay. Then you rally, you had the war breakout in Israel over the weekend on the on the seventh, and then the market was closed. Eighth market was closed, and then the ninth market, op which is Monday, market opened lower but closed higher. Volume was below average, but the fact that we closed up on Monday was a good sign because we had every chance in the world to fall, and instead we rallied. That's right. So you said you that the when the market acts goes up on bad news, that's generally a yeah. bullish sign. Yes, exactly. And the opposite is also true. When it goes down on bullish news, that's a bearish sign. So, okay, we rallied Monday. And then Tuesday, if you look at the NASDAQ, and for those of you following along, you can use the QQQ, the NASDAQ 100. We rallied and we got just above the 50-day moving average, but we closed the lower half of the range. And what that shows you, even though the market was up, it was a subtle sign of what they call churning or distribution. Some selling showed up because we closed the lower half of the range on Tuesday. But don't worry, Wednesday, we still closed above the 50 in the NASDAQ 100. Wednesday, we rallied nicely, but volume again was super low and below average. That was the day we had PPI come out, which is a producer price index. And then Thursday was the big day because that was CPI or the consumer price index. And last year in October, the market bottomed when CPI was announced. So this year in October, a year later, it's big to see how the market can react a year later. And CPI came out, the market opened higher, but about around the middle of the day on Thursday, just saw some heavy selling and closed lower. Now we did close on Thursday above the 50 in the NASDAQ 100, but Friday coming into the weekend, the market sold off hard, closed below the 50, and it did on heavier volume than Thursday. So we had two days last week of back-to-back -back distribution, and that means it's heavy selling by the institutional investors. And typically, Sean, when you see two distribution days show up so close to a fall-through day, that greatly increases the probability that the fall-through day is going to fail. So that's with the NASDAQ. And by the way, that's the leading index. So if you look at the other indices, the S&P 500, again, for those of you following at home, you can look at the SPY. It rallied into its declining 50, didn't break above it. Right. And that shows you that the sellers are in control. And in fact, it started rolling over. And again, you saw distribution show up. The Dow, like you mentioned, Sean, couldn't get above its 200-day, hit that like a wall, and then failed, closed below it. And that in and of itself is a very bearish sign, but that's only 30 stocks. Okay. How about, I don't know, 2,000 stocks in the Russell 2000? These are small cap stocks. A, it's negative for the year. B, it couldn't even get to its 50 or its 200. It rallied in, this is IWM for those of you following at home. It rallied into its declining 20 day moving average and the 20 days below the 200 day and it failed again. And it's been failing since August near the 21 day or the 20 day moving average. Now, Sean, not only did it fail the 20 day and it's very weak, it's also very close to last October's low. Mm -hmm. And you have what's known as a death cross. Yeah. Meaning the 50 day moving average undercut the 200 day. So, that's why I'm saying under the surface, you've got some distribution, you've got weak action, 
This rally is definitely under pressure. I want to explain the importance, which we can get into in a second, between shifting gears between offense and defense in order to be successful and play the long game. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the the charts, though, for a second, just for folks who are following along. And so you talked about on the Russell 2000 that we've got this death cross. And if you pull up that chart, you said it was IWM. Um, so, yeah, so the 50-day moving average just in this 45-degree angle slump straight down to the 200, which is kind of running parallel right now. But it looks like it's about the tank right through it. And if you look at the charts on the other indices, they're not at this death cross yet, but the 50 and the 200s all seem to be converging. Um, And that's clearly, I I don't know, I feel like chart reading 101, you you talk a lot about the quality of the market and you can, I I know you can look at these charts and see things that other people uh, can't without more practice right? Looking at these technical patterns and the shapes that form. But one thing that's really easy to see is that if the 50 days underneath the 200 day, that means things aren't very robust and healthy in the market. Correct. Unless unless you feel like you're back on a trajectory to go back up above it, right? Yeah, Sean, I would go even a step further. Forget about that. You can make it super simple. Take the price of the index that you're looking at, doesn't matter what you're looking at, and ask yourself, is it above the 50 day or is it below it? If it's below it, all things being equal, that's bearish. If it's above it, all things equal, that's bullish. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go further and say, okay, so 50 below the 200 or above it, another way of just adding more credibility to that. But yes, right. It's a trade die. I've been doing this since the 90s. So I've got the ability to, to filter out the noise and focus on what matters, but it just comes from experience and anybody can do this. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And then and then I want to hammer home the, the core principle of support and resistance on this, right? And in a in a beautiful market that's healthy and growing, the the fifty day moving average will be sort of soaring above the two hundred day moving average, and you'll see the price of the equity or the index kind of going up and down, and then bouncing off the fifty as they all go upwards together. And then we have uh, some of the indices here where the price action sort of uh, using the fifty as support and the two hundred as I'm sorry, the other way around. It's using the 50 as resistance and the 200 day as support. Others have tanked right below the 200. So uh, on a, on a stock chart reading 101, those are some of the big things that you can see that are a clear sign of a, what do you want to call it, a, a distressed market? Yeah, rally. think of it this way. Think of a game of tug of war between the bulls and the bears, right? Bulls want it to go up, bears want it to go down. So the bears have the upper hand. That's it's simple. In the game of tug of war, it ends when you play in a playground with kids. Here, it's an infinite game. It never ends. So you can might end at the day, the end of the week, or end of the month, but it's going to play again tomorrow. So now the bears have the the upper hand. The market attempt is still in play, but it's under some serious pressure. One or two more down days of heavy selling, and you can the rally's over. We have to start counting the days again. Wait for a new fall through day. That being said. I, the reason why I'm still cautiously optimistic, listeners might be like, hey, Adam, why are you optimistic in this kind of crummy environment? It's because of several things. Number one, if you look on the mark, uh, the, the monthly chart, you've got this very bullish and rare long-term cup and handle pattern forming in the NASDAQ QQQ monthly chart, you'll see. Mm-hmm. You also have it forming in gold, 
Look at GLD. I have that also in the uh, findleadingstocks.com weekend report. It's a monthly chart of GLD. Huge. Even bigger than the NASDAQ. Massive cup and handle pattern. The importance, Sean, of staying cautiously optimistic is that understand where we are when you zoom out. We have the potential to break out and soar to the upside. However, the market has to still confirm and go up. If we right now the expectations are it's going to get really bad in Israel and Gaza because of the Israelis gave their citizens 24 hours to exit. People sold on Friday. Hey, what's going to happen after they exit? They're going to go in and annihilate things. Sure. But most of the time, you know, if you study history, wars happen all the time. It's just part of human nature. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But zoom out. Just look at this from a thousand, two thousand year type period. Most of these wars don't end in the whole world getting annihilated. It just doesn't happen. Fear is escalated. It's very, very high. So if things can resolve themselves without the worst case scenario unfolding, mm -hmm. enter that worst case scenario, whatever you believe it to be, right. there is a chance right. the market breathes a big collective sigh of relief and stocks take off. That's one. Two, we're entering earnings season. Markets like certainty, we're entering a period of tremendous uncertainty with respect to the warrants of Israel and earnings. If earnings come in stronger than expected, guess what? We can easily see the market rally and take off and go. So that's why it remained cautiously optimistic. Plus, the follow-through day is still technically in play. It hasn't undercut the lows of the follow-through day. We haven't seen a lot of breakouts yet, which is also a critical component of the follow-through day and a market going higher. But that could easily happen in a day or two. So that's where the cautious optimism comes from. Sure. And so we were able to start taking uh, I think the term you used is a dip your toe in the water, dip your arm in the water. Uh, the follow-through day uh, confirmed the rally attempt that started in the first week of October. Uh, and so now we're, we got a little offensive. You did some buying, right? There were some opportunities there. There were a couple breakouts. So now that's an offensive defensive, but uh, amped trading, A-M-P-D. The D stands for defense first. And what does that mean right now? So there's that, that's a very good question. So defense first means you want to preserve your mental capital and your physical capital. If the market is going down and you're trying to buy it, that means you want it to go up. Well, guess what? It's not going up. It's going down. You get chopped up. A, you lose money. That's your physical capital. But B, you lose your mental capital because you lose your bearings. Anybody who goes into a ring and just constantly gets pounded is going to have an emotional toll. Physical toll, you'll see black and brew if it's a physical boxing match. But there's an emotional component as well that you can't physically touch because it's your emotions. But that's extremely important to keep track of. So I want to preserve the mental capital and the physical capital to only go in the water when the top, you have a tailwind, not a headwind. Mm -hmm. So think of it that way too. So, okay, your fish can't swim up a waterfall. Well, we know that, but it can go with the tide or the current. You want to go with the flow. You don't want to fight the market. You don't want to go upstream. You want to go with the flow. If the flow is going up, you want to be long. If it's going down, you want to be out or short. And if it's going sideways, then there's nothing really to do. So right now with the choppiness component, it's really, really important to preserve the mental capital and not put your whole body in the water, not put all of your capital at risk, because the reality is you're going to probably lose and you're going to lose money, but also you're going to lose the mental stability, which is required to make the money when this passes, because it always passes. And when the next trading window opens, 
and the environment improves and we get a nice up leg again, another leg higher, mm-hmm. you'll be blocked up and not, you'll be too bruised or think of like the Mike Tyson's punch out where the stars are shining and you don't even know what's going on. You're dizzy and you just lost or you looked away and you missed the uptrend. And that's the importance of, of playing the long game of being able to shift gears between offense and defense. And I can't emphasize that point enough. So I've been doing this for those of you who don't know since the nineties, I've saw the dot-com boom. I saw the dot-com bust. I saw the NASDAQ fall over 80%, the NASDAQ 100 in from March of 2000, October of 02. Then I saw the next five years from March of October of 02, really, but March of three, but October of 02 to October of 07, that five-year period was a bull market. Then 08 came and it just got annihilated again. And then 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, all the way up to COVID in 2020 was just a phenomenal move. little hiccup here and there, but really it's just a phenomenal move. And then COVID came three weeks of selling and then the market doubled in the next 18 months. I mean, if you want to have massive life-changing wealth, you've got to be able to know to shift gears between offense and defense. I don't know any business, any game, anything in the world where you can win consistently by only playing offense all the time. Everybody wants to play offense. Everybody wants action. I want to win right now, 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 now. But that type of mentality is leads people to miss the big moves, time arbitrage, miss the ability to capture the great American tailwind like Warren Buffett talks about when we discuss in the book, mm-hmm. and miss the chance. You, you get in your way. Miss the chance of really having life-changing wealth. So the idea is to be able to, in my mind's eye, to shift gears and know when to play offense, know when to play defense, and like you said, tip your toe in the water. And if it, it works, the market rewards you, put your leg in the water, and then jump in, progressively increase your exposure because the, your test, it's a scientific method. You have a hypothesis, you test it. One of two things happens. Either the hypothesis is correct, great, or it's not correct. See you later, test a new hypothesis. Mm. That's all this is. Let's talk about trading windows, right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A window opened up with that follow-through day in the first Friday of October. And so now we're, the window's still cracked open, right? But uh, there's a lot of indicators to say it might shut soon. It might not. So you said philosophically we need to be in the mindset to where we can change from offense to defense very quickly. Now, we know from the last couple of weeks that when we have a follow-through day, which is when after a new rally attempt, the market goes up at least 1.5% on volume, then that's a clear indication that a trading window has opened. We're going to look for leaders. We're going to look for breakouts. And those are our opportunities to be offensive. Is there something that cut and dried on the other side that tells us it's time to go play defense? Yes. So it's a great question. These trading windows, David Tepper, he's a billionaire, self-made billionaire hedge fund manager. He coined that term trading windows. And he, what it discusses or what it explains is there's times in the market where you get these just explosive bursts of rallies, just for lack of a better word, where the market just goes up and it goes up real fast. And for a decent amount of time, a few months, we saw it this year in from May until July, it was a trading window where things were working, things were going up. And in healthier periods, those windows last longer. But because the market's still struggling with the bear market from last year and it's still under pressure, you know, the trading window closed in July, hasn't opened again yet. Okay, 
that's on the upside. The trading window, when it closes, you know that, okay, the market's either choppy or it's going down. Remember, there's only three ways the market can move. There's three states in the market, up, down, or sideways. Okay, if you're the trading windows when the market's going up, there's two other states. It goes choppy sideways or it goes down. So that trading window just means, hey, things are, we got the green light, it's going up. Okay, eventually it's going to end. After a green light, you get a red light. You get the red light, it pauses, digests the move by going sideways, or it goes down. Right now we're pulling back, we're going down in the market. Okay, either this is the beginning of a new bearish trading window. I don't want to confuse people, but either a new downtrend, let's use that language, or it's just a pullback and an uptrend, and then a new trading window is going to open up. So just to keep it real simple, trading window on the long side is that you've got the green light, stocks are going up, that window closes, it's going to digest the move it just had by either going sideways or going down. Now, one of two things happens, either a new uptrend resumes, another window opens after that digestion's over, or the move is done and we have another leg down, which is another bear market. That's how I simplify it and digest it. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I, when if it takes out the uh, the recent lows, then yes. you know the rally attempt's over, right? Correct. If it takes out the recent lows, you know the rally attempt's over. Even if it doesn't get that far down, if it just takes out the low of the fall through date, odds are the rally attempt's over. So yeah, the, the trading window closes, closes, right? So right now, you had the trading window open on Friday of October 6, 2023, and then it slowly, as the distribution days showed up on Thursday and then Friday, the heavy selling, it closed 70, 80, 90%. So that rallies into pressure. It'll close completely, in my opinion, if and when Friday's that October 6 low was taken out or the lows from before that fall through day, for sure, 100%, if those lows are taken out before that fall through day was confirmed, then yeah, the rally's done. All right, everybody, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening through to the end. I recorded with Adam on Saturday. It's Monday morning now, and it looks like the market's rebounding nicely. That trading window's still open. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, remember what Adam says. Keep your losses small and let your winners fly. Plus, the fall through day is still technically in play.